Welcome to our podcast with Emma and Julie, where parenting is at the heart of what we do. Rewind, reset, renew. Welcome to our podcast today with myself and Emma, and we're going to be talking all about toileting. So over to Emma for some NHS facts. Okay, so this is from the website um, on the NHS and it says children are able to control their bowel and bladder when they're physically ready and when they want to be dry and clean. Every child is different, so it's best not to compare your child with others. So bear in mind that most children can control their bowels before their bladder. By the age of one, most children have stopped doing poos at night and will refer to poos and wheeze quite a lot in this oh, podcast. Dear me. Um, and by the age of two, some children will be dry during the day, but it's still quite early. By the age of three, nine out of ten children are dry most days, but even then, all children have the odd accident, especially when they're excited, upset, or absorbed in something else. And then by the age of four, most children are reliably dry during the day. So it usually takes a lot, a little longer for children to learn to stay dry throughout the night. And although at most learn this between the age of three and five, um, up to one in five children age five sometimes wet the bed. So Julia, how do we know when our child is ready? Well, that's the question, isn't it? And that's the one that parents ask us all the time. And one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. But, you know, if you watch your child, you all know your individual children. And one of the things they will do is they might start to hide away. Um, You might see them hiding behind the couch and they're suddenly aware that they're going to do a number two poo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They may tell you, you they may say, point to their bottom and go, poo, poo. And so you know that they've done that. So it's really creating that awareness. But actually, sometimes for a bit of embarrassment, they could actually deny it. So you know they've done it. You can smell it and you'd say, have you done a poo? And they'd go, nope, nope, I really haven't. (laughs) And then you actually know that awareness is there. And I think that's what it's about is, you know, how do you know that they've got that awareness? How do you know that they're understanding how their body works? Sometimes they do take the nappy off uh, whenever they get the chance. Um, Sometimes they fidget around because you know that they are desperate for a wee and they're doing like a little bit of a wee dance, we call it. And, you know, you've got to say, do you need the toilet? Um, So there's those things that they're actually aware that they're going to wee in the nappy, but don't you know don't really want to go to the toilet so they might do everything but want to do that but know that their body is doing something and responding to the brain um sometimes you know you may have been talking to your children getting a book and talking to them about you know what does the toilet look like there's my my princess my um that's my potty that's not my potty i think is the little princess so it could be that you started to bring that potty out talk to your children about what happens when you go to the toilet so they become a bit aware of that and it's around. So that's also when you know because they're showing that they're curious. Um, And sometimes, um, you know, they may actually see other children and siblings going to the toilet and are curious about what that is. 
So again, it's having that open and honest relationship. And I think if your child is in nursery, when we are doing toileting, they are seeing those children going to the toilet. They are seeing that routine. And they're more likely to say, can I have a go? Can, can I go to the toilet? So that's why it's really important that, you know, when your practitioners are telling you that your children are ready to toilet train and that they're showing those signs, you know, as parents, you might not be ready but your children are ready. And that's a big thing we're trying to overcome at the moment is parents want to keep the children as, as, as young as possible in those nappies because it's easier. But actually, you know, we need to be making sure we're following those children at the right developmental age. And the guidance actually is on, on sort of the development matters was 18 to 26 months. So if your child's in between that age and showing those signs, then yes, they're ready. Okay, so Julie, can you tell us something about the brain? Because it's really linked, isn't it? So something up to the age of four with the sensation to... Yes, it was It was actually um, a, a paediatrician that told me this when we were working with a child who was really struggling toileting. And what they were saying was, actually, the brain is a, a muscle and so is the bladder. And obviously, the bladder is a, a muscle. And actually, those two need to talk to each other. And if they're not communicating because there's no sensation from using the disposable nappies, the brain gets tired and and sloppy, really. Pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah. lots of puns today, probably. And basically, <laughs> stops stops actually acknowledging that those are the signals that need to go to the to the bladder. So actually, they stop using it and it becomes lazy. And like any muscle, it needs to be active. So the sooner you start to tune into those signs, the better. Now, I believe at the age of four, if we don't get your children toilet trained by the age of four, every single sense in that child's body is ready to toilet train. The next time everything's all switched on again is the age of eight. And that's why we have so many issues if children start school and who are capable of toilet training and don't really struggle for those first few years. And it's not that they can't do it. It's the fact that the brain's now not switched back on and everything's now not in alignment. So that's one of the reasons we've got to get it right. You know, these children have to go to school, school ready, going to the toilet, being confident and being able to, you know, understand their bowels and their bladder and their habits. Okay. So when we're thinking about making the decision to start toilet training, a lot of the time we as adults stand in the way. It's much easier, as Julie said, to put the nappy on. It's miles easier, but that's for us and it's not necessarily for the child. So if you've followed like what Julie was saying earlier and your child is showing signs, start doing it then and make the decision to do it. So how to prepare I would say buy at least 20, maybe 30 pairs of underpants or knickers and socks and possibly um, leggings, not as many, but maybe shorts as well. But it's really important just to have a stock up of spare clothes. So also washable canvas shoes like the pumps that, that you can get for a couple of quid, anything like that, that you can use, Crocs, anything because generally when they have an accident, um, it goes down the legs and into the shoes. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good idea to get something that's washable. So stock up on baby wipes, toilet wipes, nappy sacks, carpet cleaner, cloths, um, puppy pads. So, you know, when you have a brand new puppy and you uh, are 
toilet training the dog, I guess. Yeah, that's what they're there for, isn't it? So we can use those. And what you do, you use those in your car seat or your pram. So that if there is an accident, it's already absorbed into the puppy pads. So that's the top tip. Also buy a potty and a step for the loo or maybe a ladder seat for the top of the toilet. Um, And then lots of things like toddler books, all about going to the toilet, as Julie said. And then think about a sticker chart, which you can just get off Google images and just print one off. Um, Really, 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 really don't treat them with sweets or presents or toys if they go to the toilet because you will be buying lots and lots of things unnecessarily um, and it's a natural thing that they need to do anyway going to the toilet it's not that you need a reward for that but a sticker works wonders can i just say one thing that came up in our workshop was um, one of the healthiest has given our parents the advice of not going to the to- the potty, going straight to the toilet because it's confusing. And and actually, I think that's a bit of a misconception because we talked a little bit about, you know, how daunting that is going out into, you know, the big world, going shopping or wherever you're going and having to use a big toilet. Whereas a potty, you can keep in the back of your car, under the pram, you know, so wherever you need it, you can pull that potty out. So I think, you know, you, you've got to use a common sense approach. I wouldn't say just jump straight to the toilet unless your child is older and bigger and is going to struggle to sit on a potty. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe that that's the time you've got to do that. But initially, the potty is a great thing to introduce. You, they can see it everywhere. You can have one downstairs, one upstairs, so that they always know there's one there for when they need it. Yeah. So preparing for this uh big task that everybody thinks is really daunting and it's awful um what we would suggest is clear your diary for the weekend or a week possibly so that you can focus your full attention on your child and the toilet training procedure rearrange any trips out if there's birthday parties and things like that try your best not to go to those things um so that you can reduce the stress on you and your child and also i would suggest getting a waterproof mattress for the bed for eventually when we need to uh, do nighttime training but that's not yet um then talk to your child a lot about the potty and toilets and wheeze and poos and washing hands and flushing the toilet can i come in there about mr poo and poo land you can because actually this was a great chat in our workshop and some children are really scared to let Mr. Pooh go. And there is actually a little YouTube video called Mr. Pooh Goes to Pooh Land. And it is hilarious, I have to say. But it actually, you know, gets your children to understand that they need to release what's inside them and that there's nothing to be scared of. And it gives a little bit of humour for the parents as well, to be honest. And we've all had a little bit of a laugh at that. Yeah. But please, you know, encourage that because what we don't want is children holding on and causing bowel problems. Yeah, so we usually link all this, the washing hands, the hygiene stuff, the uh, using new words that they might not have known before, all to things that we do at nursery. So we're already talking about it at nursery. It makes sense to just repeat that at home. So lots of things like um, sitting your child on the potty before the bath every day, taking the nappy off, letting them free, free run and creating a habit as part of your routine. So also we discussed in the workshop about actually making sure all the parents, all the people involved in that child are doing exactly the same thing. So if you've chosen to do the potty, stick to the potty and everybody does the potty. 
just so it makes it easier for the child to establish one way of doing it. And then you can develop others after that. So if you've more than one bathroom, making sure that you've got suitable facilities in each that's a potty and a step. So if there's an upstairs bathroom and a downstairs and then actually taking that same potty with you wherever you go. So like Julie was saying, under the pram, you know, in the car. So it's also a good idea to use visuals. So we might have like flashcards with the picture of a toilet on or a picture of a hand basin on or wipes to show what we do next. Um, and then it's actually thinking about preparing your mindset as a parent and adjusting your expectations actually preparing for accidents because they're going they're going to happen it's inevitable and to be positive and resilient so some days you will have loads of accidents and then the next day you'll be dry for the whole day and it'll just keep going like that until they learn so the plan is to go with the flow and the more intense you get the worse your child will be so just be a bit like free and easy with it um if the child senses that you're stressed they will become stressed with it yeah, and I think it's all about mindset, isn't it? Getting yourself into the right mindset yeah. as yourself and your child ready to go. Yeah. So once you've committed to this process, and that's very daunting, but we're here to hold your hand. What we want to do is obviously think to yourself, how long is this going to take? And that's one of the big questions everyone asks us. But how long's a piece of string? I think if your child's showing all those signs and you're doing it at the right time and you're not stressed and it's calm, it can take a week to two weeks done right. I mean, some parents have come to me after a weekend and said, they've got it, they've cracked it. Absolutely the right timing. I think one of the things we get asked is, oh, if they're not doing it and they have accidents, shall we put them back in nappies? Please don't do that. Please don't. Yeah, that, that actually then causes, well, that's a solution for them. So if I don't go, my mum will put a nappy on and everything will be okay. Because it is daunting, and but we know it's a necessity for them for life. So we need to keep focused. You know, one of the things is that allow your child to wear maybe underwear, the knickers, the underpants in the house. Keep the dignity because once they get that sensation of feeling wet, they start to understand the brain starts to communicate to the bladder. Ah, that's what that feels like. That's that sensation. So that's what happens when I need to go to the toilet. And almost it's nappies are too good, aren't they? They're, yeah. too, they're too absorbent. They take yeah. the, the wet away from the skin and mm-hmm. they don't feel it. Yeah. So, so we, the- we don't do huggies or pull-ups, do we? When we say do pull-ups, that's a definite no-no because again, all you're doing is letting them pull a nappy up and down. They're having no sensation. So you're not stimulating the brain. You're not stimulating the nerves around that sensory feeling of, of going to the toilet, which is really natural. Um, you can also, please, please, if they do have an accident, don't shout at them. That's That can actually scar them. So don't say, you know, what have you done? You've weed on the floor, you know. Just say, it's fine. You know, we can clean that up. Not a problem. Just make sure you get lots of detergents. If you're on a carpet, get some carpet cleaner, that sort of thing. Um, one of the other questions we get asked is, should they have no nappy then on at night? Well, that's a no-no really because whilst they're learning to control their bladder through the day they're awake they're conscious they're able to start tuning to those senses when they're asleep that's completely different and we have heard parents where they say well we've been told by grandma to lift them up in the middle of the night and put them on the toilet and that will be fine well we don't do that either now because actually that child's unconscious not aware of what the body's doing so it is a fluke that you're doing that and actually what you're teaching the bladder to do is not hold 
The other thing people say is don't give them a drink too late. Well, you can limit the amount of fluids, but children need fluids because if we start limiting them drastically, what you're actually showing the bladder is you can't hold that amount of water. So you're actually restricting the size of your bladder. So then it's not able to do the job that it needs to do. So I'll just carry on where you need to. Yeah, so when we're saying about nappies at night, the your child will probably need a nappy still at night till they're about four. Yeah, if not older, yeah. maybe five, six. So I think don't get hung up on that at all. Um, and I think, you know, make sure one thing we do at nursery for children who have SEN or children that need routine is you can use little buzzers or a timer that's just a reminder for them that they need to go to the toilet. So if you are doing that, you know, we can do that at nursery and, you know, we're working together um, and teach your children as well when they actually had an accident, get them to pop their clothes into a little bag, you know, um, as well. So they're putting them away and they're understanding that personal hygiene and how to look after themselves. And, as they get older, you can start to show them how to wipe their own bottoms. But initially, that's your job, mum and dad. And that's our <laughs> job at nursery. Um, I remember one parent asking me, you know, I don't think my child's arms are long enough to wipe their own bottom just as they were going to school. Well, they are. It's just about moving your body and teaching them what positions <laughs> to get into, how to do it, and just, just to have a check that they're actually clean. So anything I've missed there, Emma? So just one other thing I'd say about distracting them when they're actually on the potty or the toilet by using a book to read to them, spending a bit of time singing with mm-hmm. them, create a song like you did, didn't you, Julie? You, uh, <laughs> done a you? wee wee, Here we go. done a wee, <laughs> on the toilet, we done a wee. <laughs> So it's, things, yeah, so it's things like that, <laughs> that you might sing to them. But try, 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 try to not use an iPad or bribes. If you sit on the toilet, I'll give you some chocolate or you can have the iPad for however long. It's just they're supposed to concentrate on the toilet part of it, not on the iPad. And the iPad will distract them in the wrong kind of way that you really don't want. The other thing that also does tend to work is if you put the tap on, while they sat down you know if you pop that on in the background then it sort of subliminally makes them want to wee we all know when we stood near a water fountain or a river we suddenly <laughs> realize we need a wee you know and that's the same thing with children or oh, waterfall music yeah you can play yeah. that yeah um in terms of sort of delays and regression that can hinder that sign of progress so you might be sort of toileting with your children and they're doing actually fine and you've got them in a routine but suddenly they start to have accidents and that can happen so what are the reasons for that well any kind of change in a child's behavior or, or routine or home life can affect a child's toileting as we are as adults if something's happened you get like a bit of a nervous tummy so it's a similar situation and they're not sure what that means or even how to deal with that so they might start having accidents so it could be a new baby that's one of the big things it could be that grandpa's died or grandma's died they may have moved house maybe even got a new pet um it can be absolutely anything. One of the big things is being in hospital and they've been cared for and nurtured and suddenly you know, they're used to that and then they want uh, mummy or daddy near them. They want to be the baby again where they feel protected. Um, so, yeah. and Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So sometimes new babies come along and this new baby's getting loads of attention, getting the nappy changed and all that. Sometimes they do regress and start wetting again because they want to be that baby. And they like all that kind of nurturing and, you know, all of that bit. And so they might say, oh, can I have a nappy on again? 
And it's like, no, don't do it at that point. Use the use the, t- the tools that you've got in parenting to incorporate that child to support you with things for the baby, but making the child feel grown up and, you know, as, as a helper, really. Yeah, and I think one of the ma- major things is, you know, if children are tired or they've had a bad night's sleep, they may, they may have more accidents that next day. If they're busy and they're engrossed in learning, they may have more accidents kinds of trauma or fear so if they have if they go to the toilet they fall in the toilet you know that can be something that's quite daunting um to a child so all those things can actually knock them back or hinder your process but the main thing is do not go back to nappies bear with them support them reinforce positivity the big children the big girls and boys mummy and daddy goes to the toilet if you've got any siblings to refer to you do that and just keep it as positive as possible without nagging and keep just you know relating that children with SEN people have asked me that parents well my child's autistic or they've got uh, they've, they've got Down syndrome or cerebral palsy and there's lots of other things they may have that may hinder that process and yes, we absolutely, like adoption, fostering, mm. we accept that can actually make a delay and cause um, some developmental issues. But actually, we have supported many children with additional needs in toileting with the same ways that we do with other children. It may take a little bit longer. But again, routine is key. Using a signal that they can relate to. It might be dressing the toilet up in that way they want to go in. So putting some stickers in there that they can notice when they sat on the toilet or mm. the potter. So it's just keeping a strict routine so that everybody follows it and we all know. And actually, initially, the children with SEN are the ones that learn through that routine that when this happens, this is what I do. And it becomes a little bit of fluke at first, but then their body starts to understand what's going on and then they learn. What the, what the feelings are. Um, so, yeah, so tell us about the timer that you used. Yeah, so we, we would put a timer on. It might be every 20 minutes. It could be a tune that they choose. It could be an alarm that they've chosen. And then that goes off in the room at home. You would use it at the same time. And it becomes, we go in the in, into the room, sit them on the potty, and that's what they do. You may have a book that they read. You may have to use sensory things to keep them there. It might be tickling on the hand or tickling on the back of the back just for certain periods of time. And eventually that child will understand that process. It's a process they're learning. They might not really understand what's happening, but eventually something will happen on the toilet and then they will understand what that is for. Some children, even with SEN, notice other children doing that, don't really understand it. But then they will begin to comprehend that is what those children are doing. So it is, you know, you can support children. You have got more incidents where for sensory, some children with autism tend to, if they've done a poo in the potty, they can actually touch it because they want to touch it and feel it. So you have to be aware of that because of hygiene. So if you can remove it as soon as possible, that is the best thing you can do because some children then start to smear. But that's a, a sensory processing issue again, which isn't really what we're talking about today. Mm. So also just a note on boys, generally we try and teach them to sit down to wee as they will have to sit down to poo. So what you find is boys who are taught to stand up and wee end up pooing at the same time as weeing and it's not quite in the right place. So we can teach them to stand up later on, but as long as we start with the sitting down process first, that usually works better. And then when we're talking about nighttime training, as we touched on earlier, 
Ask your child to use the potty the last thing before they go to bed and make sure it's close by in the night maybe and they need to get on it um, when they have that sensation. So you're, you're really talking four years plus for this part. Um, it, it's quite common for them to be round about that age anyway, just before they go to school. Um, and then as Julie was saying about just reducing the drinks a little bit, but not a lot, they need to have that sensation that they need to go and be able to wake themselves up to go on the on mm-hmm. the loo or, or potty. Um, so what else was it? Lifting as well. You mentioned yeah, that earlier about that. that it's not a great thing to no. do because they're delirious when they're asleep half asleep, full asleep, and you lift them and put them on the potty, generally, it's yeah. not a done it's n- thing It's not at the what moment. we do anymore. And again, mm. what we're teaching the bladder to do is we in the night. You actually learn teaching it that actually it can't hold overnight. And it's the same when you're training a dog, to be fair. Yeah. Puppy, you know, initially they need to be out every two, three, four hours and then it builds up to eventually they can hold overnight mm. because the bladder learns that it can hold it and it can control it. And it's the same with it with little children. Yeah, so you can also use role play, lots of things where you dress a teddy up or a doll up with knickers or underpants on and you put those on the potty and you show you maybe just put a little bit of water in the bottom of the potty to pretend that they've had a wee and then you praise the dolly and you just use role play for that. Um, And they absolutely love it and it makes them laugh. So that's the humour side of it that you can add. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not as intense, I guess. Yeah, and I think, you know, it is difficult. We're all worried. We want to get it right, don't we? But I think, you know, to summarise sort of what we've done today is massively is you as parents. In, please trust your practitioners, your key workers, whoever they're working with. If it's your grandparents, you know, know when your child's ready. Spot those signs. It is a daunting experience, but it doesn't have to be. You are the ones that make it daunting. So please don't do that. So mindset's a must. Uh, and then clear your diary for a weekend or a week to reduce the pressure on you all. Yeah. And if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. You know, communication is key as well. You know, talk to your key workers. You're all doing this together. We're here to hold your hand. And once you commit, stick to it. Don't put the nappy on just for a journey to the to nursery or just while you're going for a walk to the park just to save all the embarrassment and faff. It's easier just to... Stick to it, take your potty with you, work with it. Remember to reduce your language, less is more. You don't have to go on and on about, right, we need the toilet, we need to do this, blah blah You just say, toilet time, let's go. Yeah, and reduce your expectations. So expect that your child will actually have accidents. And just pre- with being prepared, it's about, you know, sorting that out when it happens because it's inevitable. Praise and encourage as much as possible. That's my passion. The more you re- reward them up, well, not even reward, just verbally rewarding them and giving them that attention. They want to go. They want to please you. They want to do well. They want to be big little boys and girls. Yeah, and don't nag because we have a tendency to nag as parents and keep saying, do you need a wee? Do you need a wee? Come and try, come and try. And it's sometimes it's just too much. So that's it on this one today. It is, so, it is. so I hope we've given you some great tips to go away and learn and understand. Uh, if you are worried about anything, talk to your key workers at nursery if you are not sure about what to do next. Um, but ultimately, talk to the parents because they'll all give you little tips of what they've done and how they've survived. And you know what? It works because everybody ends up toilet trained. So we're all, it does work what we do. Yeah. Okay, have okay. a lovely day. Take care. Bye. Bye.